0: In this episode, I interview a dear friend who shares from experience how to build a sustainable and an independent life. This includes building financial systems to sustain you and your family during good times, as well as bad times or more difficult times. Now Brad shares the importance of building passive or also called residual income streams by partnering with like-minded people And establish a team around you this means that when you are not working money and income still continues to flow in we're also reminded that opportunities do not wait for us so when you see an opportunity take immediate action until you are well trained and skilled at identifying opportunities and while you and I are enjoying our lives and living our lives remember never to lose control of your money never surrender control of your money to any individual or to any institution more of this right after the intro welcome to the rise and shine show where we help you to become the leader that you were born to be the show is proudly brought to you by sunshine harvest and now Let's move on to today's episode. Well, welcome to today's episode. And uh, I'm really privileged today to have a, a very special guest with us, a very special friend. we I've known Brad since about 2010. So we've come a long way and uh, it's really a blessing to me to to know Brad and uh I'm not going to introduce um, him to you much. I'm going to ask him to introduce himself to you. And uh, we're going to take sort of a view of where he's coming from through throughout his life to where he is now. And uh, Brad is a very competent um, person with, with a very deep knowledge in, in financial systems and life issues. So I know that you're going to be happy to hear what Brad has to share with us and I'm looking forward to this conversation as well. Brad, welcome to the show today and uh, it's really great to have you and please introduce yourself to the people. Right,
1: well thank you Yanni for the privilege of, of being on this call. I hope and trust that I can add as much value as possible and um, my background basically started um, on a dairy farm north of Lacombe, Alberta. I was privileged to grow grow up on a dairy farm um, uh, with a Christian family and uh, born and raised there. And uh, my investing background, I think, started when I was about 13 years of age. Um, Mm -hmm. It even started a little bit earlier, actually, because I had started um, saving up my birthday money, my chore money to buy pigs. And those pigs turned into quite a little herd, which I then um, sold and turned into cattle as I purchased cattle. And the herd of cattle grew up to quite a size. I'll never forget, my, my dad took me aside one day and said, hey, you know, this isn't working too well for <laughs> for, for me. And, and I wondered what was the problem. And he said, well, you know, um, I'm paying for all the expenses and you're, you're not, you're kind of getting a bit of a free ride here and your herd's getting so, so large. And so I thought um, there was no issue there, but obviously it wasn't quite fair. So I should have took the offer. Um, it was about a third that I would pay towards the feed and the other two thirds I would keep, you know, little did I know I should have taken that offer um, because today it's about 50-50. Mm. Um, I thought then it was the time to start diversifying outside of farm animals. So at 13, I started to buy stocks and mutual funds uh, as a way to diversify. Mm. And um, then by age 17, I was able to purchase my first home. And the way I pulled that off was um, by being blessed to to grow up on a dairy farm, I could still get up at 430 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And spend a couple hours with my my dad on the dairy farm and then catch the bus. And then after school at 4 30, you know, catch chores again because you'd milk twice a day. Mm-hmm. And so essentially I had a full-time job. And so by doing that, I was able to um uh purchase and put a down payment on on my first home. And I had a classmate that ended up being a roommate, so that's how I was able to, to do that in high school. And, you know, while my friends were buying car stereos, I'll never forget, you know, they were buying car stereos and, and, and spending money on entertainment and other things. And here I was buying a filing cabinet for my home, for my office and some other, you know, dishes and forks and knives and that kind of thing, wondering if I had made a mistake. <laughs> but it turned out to be the right move. You know, I was mm-hmm. exposed to adult life pretty early and uh, paying bills at that age was, was a good experience for me. And, um, then by age 25, um, we were married, my wife and I were married at about 20. I had just turned 20. She was 19. Uh, mm-hmm. by 25, we had a, a brand new home, uh, bought and paid for. And, uh, our line of credits, investment line of credits and vehicles, everything paid for. And I had five to 7,000 coming in every month, whether I worked or I did not work. And the, the, the way I did that, Yanni was I bought a small business um, in the insurance industry uh, for 40 some thousand dollars got a loan through TD for it and that business every year produced about 20 some thousand so in about two two and a half years it was paid for and within five years I built it up to one hundred fifty thousand. And it was paying me a residual income every month, whether I worked or didn't work, for about five to seven thousand. So essentially, at twenty-five, I was financially free. Um, so that was exciting. And from there on, I started investing more heavily in other areas. And you know, I'm forty 40 now, and uh, a lot has happened since then. But that's a little bit of my background. Um,
0: oh, that's awesome! That's so, awesome. And I? I just want to refer back to to the animals, to the pigs. Yeah. So what, what happened to your herd? Did you, did you sell off the herd or what did you do with, uh, with the animals at the time?
1: Yeah, you know what? I should have kept the herd, but I ended up selling off the entire herd and putting that into stocks, into mutual funds, and then also into a down payment into my, my home later on. Um, I should have kept looking back. If I could go back, I would have kept them because mm-hmm. um, I've done full circle. today which Uh I could catch on later Um, but yeah I'd sold them all off
0: Yeah. so what was your dad's involvement in that because that that is an important point to me as well because um, it's sometimes important uh, for for us as parents the kind of information that we have to give to our children as well so what was your dad's involvement uh, in this selling off of, of your herd in the sense of Did he advise you to do that, or did he leave you up with this this, uh, to come up with your decision all by yourself?
1: Yeah, that was solely my decision. Um, He didn't advise me to do that. I could have kept the herd and kept growing, uh, which I should have. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was it was a decision that I made. You know, I was so thankful to be able to to grow up on a on a farm to have that opportunity. I know a lot of people don't, um, but also. I think what my parents did really, really well is they taught me a, a good work ethic. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as a young child, I, I kind of, um, um, I, <laughs> I didn't like it then. Um, but, you know, I never got anything given to me. Mm-hmm. And I know my friends, a lot of them were given many things. You know, I'll never forget that I had a friend in high school. Um, and, uh, he was given a brand new Ford GT red Mustang and just the insurance on that car. He paid 6,000, his parents paid 6,000 a year just to insure it. Mm. I couldn't believe it, you know, and today I know. Uh, that person does struggle a little bit, you know, because at such a young age, they were given everything. You know, I maybe resented my parents a bit for that at the time, but today I can look back and I'm so thankful they did what they did. They didn't give me anything I had to work for at all, but they taught me how and they taught me work ethic. Even when I was small and I'd lose a calf here or there, you know, you know, I'd maybe hope that my dad would replace it, but instead he he didn't and he let me learn you know, that there were good, good times and, and tough times. And, you know, you just, you just keep going and you don't let them stop you. So for that, I'm very, very thankful because yeah. it taught me work ethic today. And um,
0: anyway, yeah. And yeah, thanks for sharing that. And um, even earlier today, um, Judy and I went for a bike ride and uh, I noticed the parents that are walking now. Uh, I don't know what their reason for it is, but he's got to young girls, I estimate them at about six, eight years old, but they're not walking with the parents. Um, they're in a little cart and the dad is uh, is pulling them. And oh. I just said to Judy, it just came to me. And, and the reason why I'm mentioning this is it's almost as if we want to sometimes um, guard our children and not have them we think it might be hard times but it's actually life experiences that we keep away from them Mm -hmm. and uh, so that's why it's so precious that you what you're sharing because it's so important at the time you didn't necessarily think it's a good idea but your dad knew better and um so so that's really that's a really awesome lesson as well
1: yes i think the worst thing we can do to our children is spoil them You know, um, so we teach our kids the same. They have to work for everything. They don't get anything uh, for free. And, um, you know, they are little entrepreneurs, you know, at 8, 10 and 13 years of age, you know, they've built a little uh, chicken business with they sell eggs. And um, and also my other little guy here, he's buying a, a washer and dryer in one of the apartment buildings that we own. And mm-hmm. he's making the residual income off the what the washer and dryer produce. You know he realizes that if he just spends his money on Lego and other things, once he spends it, it's gone. It it's won't gone. appear again. But if he puts that into an asset, he buys a washer and dryer for twelve, fifteen hundred dollars, and that produces about a hundred loonies a month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what a return. You know when he's sleeping, then it's working. Exactly. And he can take that $100 a month and he can put into other things, mm-hmm. you know. So they're they're learning that at a young age, too. They have to work uh, and they, they can invest what they worked for into an asset that produces passive income, uh, residual income, so that when they're sleeping, they have something working. So even at 13, 10, 9, uh, they're, they're learning these um, important lessons. So.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Okay, so when you went to school, um, did, what did you train for? What was your, your formal education? What did you do?
1: Yes, I, I spent uh, four years in an apprenticeship program um, where I could get work experience, gain work experience, but also go to uh, SAIT um, to get my electrical um, ticket. As well as I spent another four years and did the same, but with a millwright ticket. A millwright—think of a millwright as like a MacGyver in the oil and gas field, or or a heavy-duty mechanic in the oil and gas industry. So, so I got those two tickets; those two traits it took me eight eight to ten years to get them. And I worked for a oil and gas company called Colicet Hanover call Kit energy services. And I knew that that wasn't what I was going to do the rest of my life, but I knew I couldn't just sit there and do nothing. I had to move forward. I had to learn while I was investing behind the scenes. And so when my investments in my business took over at 25, I could step away from uh, the workspace. But until then, I knew I had to do something. And, and you know, sometimes in life, we don't, things won't make sense. And we may not be too pleased with where we're at. But if we allow um, uh, ourselves to be able to gain wisdom, knowledge, and education in that area, later in life we'll find out that there will be great benefits that come from it. Absolutely. Because those 8 to 10 years that I spent with that company taught me how to run an efficient business by watching and observing within that company I was working for. Not only that, the skills that I learned mechanically, even though I knew I wasn't going to do that the rest of my life, they came in handy 20 years later um, because I was able to, you know, I'm passionate about building um, uh, farms that are off-grid, off-grid of the utility company, off-grid from the grocery store. You know, they produce their own food and, and that type of thing. And with that experience with my electrical and millwright, you know, I was able to put together, such a project because um, of of my past history there with that company. So, oh, that
0: yeah. is good. that is so cool. Yeah, you know what? That is so important because I, I was going to ask you because I mean it's it's a, it's such a it seems such a vast uh, difference between you know um, uh, being a tradesperson working with your hands and then sort of in the financial system, but. If we look at our lives, I mean, our lives are not just um, uh, single focused, if I can call it that. It's really multifaceted. Really, uh, if we want to be f- efficient, because in today's time, people, I mean, people cannot change their own uh, car tire if they have a flat tire or something like that. People cannot even do those things anymore, and it's it's such a limitation because uh, people want to specialize or are being yeah. pushed into a, into a direction where they have to be reliant on someone else to provide for them. And I think um, these examples that you're giving here are so amazing because uh, it really shows that no one really owes you anything or me anything. I have to do what I need to do to, to be able to, um, to make my life work. Uh, right. of course we 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 trust uh, we trust god and we we follow his guidance and his leading but i still have to have to do and live my life every day that that's amazing yeah thanks for sharing that
1: yeah and you know even involving our kids in the process too you know um we're so people seem so busy in life that they that they get so busy to a point where they just feel they don't have time to teach their spouse or their children when if we could just take the time and teach them how to do things, you know, it leverages not only our time, but it adds value to their life. You know, for for example, you know, <laughs> you know my my wife maybe would think it's just, e- just easy enough to just um, cook, bake, and clean up herself, you know, because she's very good at it. Mm-hmm. But if she takes the time to teach the kids how to bake and cook and clean – you know, it'll it'll take maybe two or three times as long, maybe initially, but over time, she'll be able to sit and relax and watch them go to work, you know, and then it adds value to them because they're learning a value-added uh, skill that they can use, and then it frees up her time, yeah. you know, and, and in things like, you know, the lawnmower won't start, you know, and, and bringing the kids out to help troubleshoot it, teaching them how to change a spark plug, you know, how to check if it's got fuel and air and spark and, and all that, you know, bringing the kids out, even though it takes longer, but if I teach them once, you know, then they can do it the next yeah. time for me yeah. anyway.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's, that's so awesome. Okay. So, um, so now you've uh, done your, um, your apprenticeship. So what happened after that?
1: Well, after that, um, so that was about an eight to 10 year process that it took me to get through that. Um, just at the time where my investing in my small business, um, took over my income. See, I was making, let's, let's say roughly 60,000 a year at the time being a journeyman, millwright, and electrician. Um, so I'm around, I'm 40 now. So that was when I was 25 and then, um, my other business, I was working evenings and weekends, and it actually started to produce about sixty thousand a year. So essentially, I replaced my income. Mm-hmm. So that was the time where I was able to drop one and pick up the other at about okay. twenty twenty-five. Um, I was very fortunate because I was able to work a weekend shift at Cola Cuts Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You know, I worked forty hours,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um, and then Monday to Thursday. Um, that's when I could work on the other business. So it was a perfect transition.
0: Mm, amazing. Oh wow, that's awesome. And um so how long did you did you work with that particular business? Um, you'll call it then your second business.
1: Um well I'm still am today. So
0: Oh, okay. So yeah. so that's where you transitioned um over in in into that. So on this point, what would your advice be to a young person? For example, when they uh, say, for example, they leave school, um, if we take your experience and what happened in your life, their situation might not be the same, but what would you advise to a young person today to look out for to um, to eventually build their own business uh, that they can... That they can really pursue for for the rest of their lives.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, probably one of the most important questions we're all asking ourselves when we get get going. And even sadly, <clears throat> Yanni, uh, people in their fifties, sixties, seventies are asking themselves today. Um, you know what what their purpose is. What are they called to do? Mm-hmm. Now, for me, from a Christian perspective, I've always believed. You know, it's about being Holy Spirit led. Uh, because that gives us an advantage. Uh, because when God tells us um, what we should be doing, I mean, you can step into that at an early age and know exactly uh, where you're to go and what you're to do. And he gives you the answers along the way. So that's what I did. And that's how I got started at a young age. Um, but, but really what I would say to a, a young person as well is, the, the key is is to find something that you're passionate about. You know, think of the things of um, what what do you really enjoy doing? You know, if if you weren't getting paid for it and you just wanted to do something that you enjoy, what would it be? What is that? In other words, what has God put on the inside of you that you enjoy? Then, what I would suggest is learn and study everything about that topic. You know, learn it and know it better than anyone else. Be the expert, and then. The key here is find a way to serve others with whatever that is. That's the key. So for me, you know, I'm passionate about investing. Um, helping people um, become financially free has always been a passion of mine. Even though I've had a lot of bumps bumps in the road and, and challenges, it's always been a passion. And I love that topic. I love helping people with it. I love teaching people how to work smarter Not harder. I love to teach people how to get out of the rat race of life, you know, paying bill to bill, check to check, you know, getting out of that um, uh, job just over broke job and being able to do what they enjoy. That's what I I love doing. So if I take what I love and I help myself and my family um, do that, and then share that with others, you know, serve others with it, then you'll find that'll turn into. A business and a successful one because you're serving other people with it and so that's what happened with mine Um, same same way that's what we do every day is we we help people in in that investment space and um, you know I get paid to just add value and help others and so for me it's not like work that's another thing what is it that you love doing that isn't like work it comes natural comes easy and you do it even if you didn't get paid.
0: Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah, thanks for sharing that and and on on this point I think it's it's so important um, for for every person that's listening to this to know what your purpose is and to yep. find your purpose as young as possible because you can. Um, you don't have to go through school to find your purpose right. because even before you were born God had a specific purpose and a specific reason for you to be born. And that's, it's just a fact. So even before you were born, God already knew what he purposed for you. So you right. can know that at a very, at a very young age. So that, that's really the first thing. And I think that is almost anonymous to, to what you're saying, Brad, you know, then it, it's something that you really love because you, it just flows. It's not as if it's, uh, i mean there's still a lot of work and it's it's still labor intensive but it just flows and 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 that is the most important thing in life yeah so that's that's cool thank you so much for sharing that all yeah. right so um as far as your business is concerned i know on the farm now um just tell us a little bit more about the farm because you also um, talked uh, about, you know, you like to um, establish, for example, on the farm, something that's off the grid, that's self-sustainable as far as even the food is concerned. So it's not just the water and the electricity and those types of things, but you really have a unit that, um, that is self-sufficient. How are you and your family involved in that? And how do you treat, even with your children, as far as their education is concerned. I know at this time uh, where we are, I mean, everybody is at home anyhow, but how do you guys manage that? Can you just share that with us, please? How do we manage the off-grid farm? Uh, yes, the the off-grid farm, but also in in, in conjunction basically with, uh, with your financial business. I mean, um, okay, let me rephrase it a little bit. You said you, uh, you really passionate about get, getting your farm off the grid, getting yourself self-sustainable, and how you, is your family involved in this? And uh, also with the schooling, for example, of the children, you know, their, their formal school education. Um, how do you guys manage this and how did this all come about?
1: Right. Um, wow, that's a good question. Uh, well, it actually... Came about seven years ago, Um, I felt the Lord actually tell me, you know, when times were good and things were booming, He actually told me that um, there's coming a time here where I need you to encourage the people and, and teach them to set aside spiritual, physical, and financial reserves for the times that are coming and to memorize and meditate on Psalm 91 because that's the season we're going into. Now back then it it was didn't really make a whole, a whole lot of sense to me because you know things were going well. You know when you share that type of a message with people it really doesn't resonate or make sense because everything looks to be going just just well just so Absolutely. but I I started going into those those areas and um and teaching people uh, about those areas several years ago and here we are today and it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, So, so that's, that's why I I had a passion to build an off-grid farm that was self-sustaining that I wasn't dependent upon the utility grid. Um, So we don't have utility bills. It's powered by the sun. It's heated by the sun. And um, also um, regarding propane and that type of thing, we're building a biogas system so that we'll have free free gas as well so we don't even need propane so right now it's about 95 percent off grid soon it'll be a hundred so that was just a passion of mine because i believe that there's coming a time where we need to be less dependent upon the government for certain things as well as the grocery store as well as the financial banking system so for my system here thankfully our family doesn't have to be too involved because it runs itself um, but they do know how to maintain it. Um, so it's pretty, it's pretty, when it's, I say self-sufficient, it, it really is, you know, when, when people's power were, was going out yesterday, when we had quite a large storm coming through our, uh, throughout central Alberta, you mm-hmm. know, our, our power just doesn't go out. Amazing. Um, because it's all solar, it's off grid and everything's underground. So we don't have anything that's exposed that could be hit by lightning and destroyed. So I, I don't know if that answers the question, but uh my family knows how to maintain the system if it needs it, but for the most part, it runs whether we're present here at the farm or or not.
0: That's 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 cool. How do you manage your, your financial um services business? How do you manage that together with your with your farming uh with the animals that you are farming? How do you manage these two? Let's call. Yes. It, say, how do you balance these two?
1: Right. Well, it's important to have a good team. I know it's hard to find a good team, but that's really the secret: is surrounding yourself with people that you can trust, that are passionate in the same things you are, um, that you can really depend on. And so, I'm blessed to have a really great team. Um, basically, on the on the farming side, we have uh, close to several uh, 700 cattle. And um, I'm I'm fortunate to have uh, my dad that I can hire that helps me manage um, that business, you know, whether whether I'm present or not. Mm -hmm. And then on the financial side, you know, we're fortunate to have people, again, that are passionate about helping others position themselves for what's coming in the markets, the volatility that we're about to see or, or we're seeing. And so they're out there sharing the same story I am with their friends and their family and their network. So I have a team of reps that are doing that. Um, So, so that kind of leverages my time and it gets the message out again, whether I'm present or not. So I think it's about surrounding yourself with that team, but that team does take time (laughs) to put, to to put together. So you got to have patience with that. It's one of my weaknesses. Again, I, I need to work on my patience. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so
0: yeah that's cool yeah thank you. Now, were you always confident that you will succeed, or did you also have some doubts at times?
1: um, I think yeah, initially, yes, I was confident that I would, but I also knew that there would be uh bumps along the road and um and challenges that would would come my way. There certainly was um but uh, my hmm, um, my recommendation, or or um, how do you put it? The the thing we need to remember is that failure is simply a step to success. And if we fail and we fall, we just make sure it's forward. I think failure builds experience. And the biggest thing is making sure a person doesn't give up. You know that you're persistent. And so even though I was confident that eventually I'd, I'd see some success, I knew along the way it'd be bumpy, mm-hmm. you know, and I learned some of the hardest lessons um, a person could learn in the financial space. You know, my little guy, Lincoln, who's not so little anymore. He's 13. You know, if you were to ask him, you know, what's rule number one to investing money, you know, he'll tell you, um, He'll tell you, rule number one is to never, ever lose control of your money. And if you ask him why, he'll say, well, because somebody might take it and mismanage it on you. Nobody cares about it as much as you do because you're the one that had to work for it. Say, oh, good. What's rule number two? He'll say, never, ever, ever forget rule number
0: one.
1: (laughs) Ah, And so so that's probably the most expensive lesson Uh that I've had to learn over the last 15, 20 years. Um, you know it's not something you can really learn in college and university. Mm. unfortunately, it comes with um, with failure and, and learning the hard way
0: yeah.
1: and so you know that's that's one of the biggest things i've I've had to learn over the years. There's many more lessons, but that's the biggest one
0: okay and and how do you stay motivated? Say something doesn't go so well. How do you stay motivated?
1: Mm. that's a good one too. it just going back to Uh, your passion and your why I think we all need a why our why will drive us it'll fuel a fire you know why are we doing what we're doing Mm -hmm. you know my why uh, there's a few number one is to be financially free and to be able to support and take care of my family I mean the bible talks about how it's a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children you know also the fact that we have a real passion and a heart for widows and orphans uh, through a program uh, in our church called Home of Hope. Mm -hmm. So when you can feed hundreds and hundreds of people um, that can't feed themselves, and these people you stay with for a number of years, and they turn into pastors and leaders, and they're well-educated because you've decided to team up and partner. To me, that drives me, that gives me Mm -hmm. fuel that fuels my (laughs) my fire because I really um, I believe we're blessed to be a blessing and I really believe that um, like the Bible talks about how it's about storing treasures in heaven uh, where moth and rust do not destroy and so that drives me because eternity is a long time Mm -hmm. eternity doesn't end eternity goes on forever so I want to be driven by eternity And um, if I can work hard now and be successful now to be able to store more um, that lasts forever, that's what drives me. That's my why. And so when I get discouraged and I fail, you know, I just remember that um, uh, failure is just a step to success. And um, yeah, I hope that helps to answer that one. Yeah,
0: that's cool. And how do you keep educating yourself?
1: Mm. Well, I'm always learning. You know, I, I drive a lot a day, maybe average about two and a half hours of driving. So I'm always listening to a podcast or something, um, whether it's a sermon or it's a podcast on a topic in, in finances that I, I want to learn uh, more of. I'm always listening and learning uh, in my downtime when I'm driving. So I'm kind of leveraging that, that time that's already there.
0: Yeah, thank you. That's, that's an important point because sometimes we think we do not have time, but nope. um, each one of us have 24 hours a day and it just okay. depends on how we use that. Yeah, that's, that's, exactly. that's great advice. Now, the, the next question, it, it might cut a little bit so you can decide there what, what you want to, how you want to answer this, but um, what were or are some of your weaknesses and what are some of your strengths and how do you deal with ours? How do you deal with the things that, are, that might be your, your weaknesses um, to overcome that, but also something that sometimes might be our strength, but it can also be a limiting factor. If we focus too much on that and become almost um, complacent or um, proud about some of these things, How? just give us a little bit of insight into, into how you deal with this right well certainly my,
1: my strengths would be um, uh, getting things done and um, and working really hard and being diligent until it's completed. Uh, my weakness would obviously be um, uh, a <laughs> lack of patience and um, and maybe bookkeeping and, and that type of thing. And so I think the important thing to remember is, uh, for an entrepreneur is just to focus on your strengths and delegate your weaknesses to other people that are gifted, you know, in those areas. Because God God gives us certain strengths, talents, and abilities that we're to focus on. And then he knows we'll have weaknesses. We just need to really, you know, pray for the right people to surround ourselves with that are gifted in our weak area, weaker areas. Mm. So I have a full-time bookkeeper that is amazing with bookkeeping. Um, I mean, she'll find mistakes that auditors make. You know, I have a part-time accountant. I have an administrative person um, to basically um, turn my weaknesses into uh, strengths. And then I focus in the other area. um, And that is being more visionary and and getting whatever um, I, I have as a goal, getting it completed and then surrounding myself with those people to help with the weaker areas. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I do.
0: That's cool. Yep. That's cool. Um, you talked a little bit about your involvement in um, home of hope. I think you called it. So what is, uh, just give us a little bit of insight. What is your involvement in, in your community and why that is important to you? I know you have touched on it, so you don't have to go into that, so deep again, but just give us a little bit um, advice also to people the involvement in the community and why that is so important.
1: Yeah, the reason that's important is because really I believe that's that's one of God's laws and, and key principles. That's how He's kind of wired things essentially. Where when we add value to other people with what we talked about earlier, what we're passionate about and, and what our strengths are, it comes back. And so that's why it's in so so important to be giving, sowing seed, You know, whether it's our time, whether it's our finances, or it's just adding value to people. When we sow seed and we serve other people, um, it's amazing what happens. It's amazing what comes back. You know, when we get in a a space where we try to grip on to what we have, hold on to what we have, and and we don't release or give or sow seed to others, you know, we may be in a place that's that's like being in a drought. You know, really the best best thing to do when we go through tough times and and drought-like situations is to give of our time and our money and our our experience and and what we can add value to other people then watch um that that famine that drought will leave you and you will prosper and thrive more than you ever could have imagined um Mm -hmm. i have never imagined um uh like hmm, we have been more active in business helping people during this difficult time than any other time in in my whole history um we have been helping people more and been more active in business than ever before and uh and that's because we're well many years ago uh, god told us to get into certain areas that didn't make sense but today they do because he knew this was coming Mm -hmm. but also because it's about serving others
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that's amazing yeah that's that's awesome Thank you, Brad. Yeah. Okay, um, advice on planning for the future. Uh, you can decide how you want to go into this, but also take into consideration how our world is turned upside down, virtually just in a few weeks. It was actually probably less than a week when it uh, initially started. It, everything was just turned upside down. Uh, what kind of advice can you give to people? Um, not really only um, you know, in thought processes and, and, and things like this, but really to position their lives at this time, even if they have not known to prepare themselves for what's coming. Because I, I believe there are times coming that uh, we really have to be able to stand. It, it, it might be really trying and tough times coming and that we're facing. So what kind of advice and planning for the future can you suggest?
1: Yeah, well, it's interesting, you know, in China, the word crisis (laughs) simply means opportunity. You know, and I think of the 30s, you know, in the 30s, they call it the Great Depression. In the 30s, you know, we know the story, you know, a lot of people were wiped out, I think um, the stock market dropped 89, 90%. Real estate, depending on your location, dropped between 40 and 90%. You know, people were going through a very difficult time. But what we don't talk about is that there was never more millionaires ever made than any time in history than through the 30s. True. But the thing is, you have to have the eyes to see the opportunity. And then, of course, the second part is you have to be willing to take action. I think of another example, you know, when we, when we um, bumped into the housing crisis there in the, in the States, you know, way too many people bought and built homes that should have had them in the first place. I mean, if you could fog a mirror, you know, you qualified for a mortgage. Mm-hmm. And so these, these mortgages, everything turned upside down. And, um, you know, when people were running and fleeing from, from the States and Phoenix and other areas with the housing market crisis, we were actually the ones going in, you know? I mean, it is intimidating. It, it's, it's a bit concerning, you know, when most people are leaving and you're the only – you feel like you're the, <laughs> the only one running in. It's like, a, you know, a fireman, you're running into the burning building and everyone's running out. Well, but it turned out, you know, we were able to buy, um, you know, uh, a single-family home, you know, built in 2005 – um, uh, twenty five hundred square feet. A tenant paying thousand dollars a month rent. You now we were able to buy a house like that for eighty four thousand. And here in mm-hmm. Central Alberta, it would have cost three hundred fifty, just under four hundred thousand. So essentially, we were able to buy four for the price of one. Mm-hmm. And then we started doing that with multifamily buildings, so on and so forth. And then several years later, uh, they they pretty much doubled. So so that's exciting. And so we have to look for the opportunity uh, because in a crisis, there will always be an opportunity. So we can't live in fear. I mean, the Bible says, you know, we don't have a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So we have to have a sound mind, you know, when everybody else is being fearful and panicking and, and have anxiety and stress, we need to be calm and cool. We need to, you know, ask the Lord for what are the opportunities and then we we focus on those and we need to learn how to adapt to change because what worked before may not work again. You know, I think the world will, will be different uh, yes. slightly, you know, mm-hmm. just like after September 11th, you know, things just weren't the same. Things yes. changed just like there are now. So, and I really believe what's coming they'll call the greater depression, not the great depression. Mm-hmm. Um So, That doesn't mean we need to live in fear. That means there's great opportunity that's coming. There's old wells that will be pushed over and dried up, but there will be new wells that are coming. Yeah. And that's an opportunity for the church. That's an opportunity for people to step up, rise to the occasion. This is the key here, be led, Holy Spirit led, so that we know uh, what we're to focus on and then how to serve others in doing so.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you. And just to to point out that um, verse in the Bible, it actually, what's amazing to me there, it actually uses um, the word power first. It says, you have not uh, received the spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And if we just understand what what power and authority we've uh, received in Christ, then we understand it's through his love that uh, all these other things come into place. Yeah. That's, that's amazing.
1: Yep. And see we're, we're as a church, we're supposed to be distinguished. We're supposed to be set apart. You know, we're supposed to be a light, you know, a salt, you know, um, not, not to be, not to be hidden, not to be tucked away, not to be stressed out. And we have the same concerns the rest of the world has, you know, yes. we need to be different. We need to stand out, Absolutely. you know, because that's what will attract people to the amazing God that we serve and they'll want to know more, you know, we're to be the answer to the lost world, you know, they're to look to us and go, what is it that you guys are doing that, are, that is working? I mean, you're calm, you're cool, you're prospering physically spiritually financially your family etc cetera, etc cetera. you know that's that's who we are to be yeah, but absolutely. i really believe what's lacking and i and i know i'm preaching to myself here right now yanni is um is intimacy it, it's time with the lord because the more we spend the more time we spend with someone the more we become like them
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, whether it's our spouse or or a friend you've heard it before you're the average of the five people you hang around with mm-hmm. the most You know so the more we spend the time we spend with him the more we become like him and the attributes the things that he is like we will be like and that will attract a lost messed up world that's looking for answers because we'll have them
0: absolutely absolutely and uh, like I mentioned to you just be before we came live this is really what's been brewing in my heart as well. So I started putting a a little series together where we can just understand how simple it actually is because everything is supposed to be simple in life. Right. When Jesus taught about these things, he basically taught about the kingdom and uh, he did not teach really much on specifically on the church. And I believe there's a reason for that. So, uh, i'm putting a, a series with that together as well and and that will also uh, be published soon because i i believe when we understand what what we our strengths are and the tools that we've been given that's been there but through religious uh i almost want to say religious cons we didn't realize what what the truth really is so that is so important it's so true what you're saying so we have the answers and we're supposed to live those answers
1: yes exactly and if i could share one more thing that i've learned the hard way over the years is is one of we talk about strengths and weaknesses one of my strengths is um i've been so driven you know diligent and i work hard but my weakness was that um I was not led um, and spending as much time with the Lord as I should have. You know, instead of being driven, I was driven but not led. And so that's the whole thing. If I could go back, um, there's nothing wrong with being diligent and working hard, but you need to add uh, being led by the Holy Spirit with that because that's when you move from a place of um, striving to to a place and toiling to to a place where, um, you, you know, you're, you're prospering in all the areas and, um, you're, you're doing it with balance, you know, um, because you can push too hard and then you can sacrifice things like your family yes. and your children and your, your walk with him because you're just so driven focused. That was my weakness, um, o- over the years, um, because we all need, we need balance, have healthy balance. And and with God, you know, he'll take that toiling away. You know, so,
0: yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, uh, there you even preaching to me because it was exactly the same with me. Um, And it's also, it it was to me, it's it's my fault. I cannot point a finger at anyone, but um, I had the same thing. I mean, I worked so hard and today I can, in my case, I, for, for those years, I cannot show much for that because I did it on my own terms. I did it in my own strength. And those right. things just faded away. Yeah. And uh, I think that's where many people are today as well. They confronted and they said, but what do I have? What do I really have? And there's nothing. And yeah. it's because we focused on, on the wrong things. I focused on my doing it my way, although I thought I, I did it God's way. But I thought wrong. I didn't do it his, his way. That's that's vital. That is really almost, you know, summarizing this this our lives in a way.
1: Yes. Wow, that's good. And just think if, if our audience here can can really um, you know pick pick that one up and 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 do it properly, just think of the decades, you know, that yes. they'll save.
0: Absolutely! Oh, absolutely! I mean, that's good advice. Please yeah. listen to that. That's very good advice. I'm just going to recap um, briefly, and if there's then something that still that you uh, that you feel you want to add, Brad, please feel free. Um, I just make notes here, and one of the first things that you talked about is is really to to ensure that you have passive or residual income that we talked about, and uh, Brad touched on on uh, how he did it. And there are various other ways that you can do it, and how to get there. Um, you said to learn and to study specifically for your purpose, and become the best in in your field, the best that you can be, and then through that, through that knowledge that you gain and through that understanding, to work smarter so that you can get out of the rat race so that you, and and yeah, maybe let me just throw in something here as well, that uh, um, uh, sort of a mentor of of mine also said at one time, he said, if you see the world going in one direction, just like what you uh, talked about when you guys went in after the crash uh, of the housing market, when the world goes in one direction, you go 180 degrees the other direction because that's most of the time yeah. really where the opportunities are. Yeah. So and then something that is 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 important that Brad also emphasises really to serve others. So through your purpose, your purpose has been given, and my purpose has been given to me so that I can serve other people, and that's really the important thing there. And um, then we have to set aside spiritual and physical assets uh, because that's important. That's what keeps us going. That's what, what keeps us motivated and uh, build a team around us. And again, you know, when you, when you have the right attitude, it's as if people are drawn to you as well, the right people and um, build them into a team around you and then so that they can assist you and the things that you're good at, they can assist you with that, but the same with the things that you're not so good at they can they can help you there as well, and um, I think one of the things that that's also uh, very important to me as to is what you talked about uh, sowing your time um, release it's sow a seed into someone's life where you can see whether there's a need or whether there's something good going on. Uh, take part the partner. With, with someone in a specific area where you you can and where you feel led to do. that That is so important. And see the opportunities and take action. That's sort of what, um, just in summary, what I have of that. Is there anything else that you feel you want to add to that, Brad? Well, that's great, Yanni. I, the only thing I'd maybe
1: add is, you know, in our day and age, there's just so much noise. Yes. There's so much distractions. And we need to really learn how to tune that out and shut that off. And uh, from a Christian perspective, listen to that still, small voice. Yes. You know, it's, it's like any radio station. When you hone in, you know, the more you hone in on that, that exact frequency, you, you hear clearer. Yes. You know, when you're kind of hanging in the middle, you're not quite on it, that frequency. You know, you are just hearing a bunch of static a bunch of noise, a bunch of distraction, and that's really what the enemy in the world wants is for us to get so distracted yeah. that we lose sight of our purpose. We lose sight of our passion, and we lose sight essentially of serving others, yeah. because that will lead us to to a life of uh, thriving, you know, in all areas. So, if I could give any advice uh, to close here, it would be just just turn off the distractions and really focus on what. Uh, we feel called to do. Yeah.
0: Thank you. That's amazing. Brad, do you want to give your, um, your contact details or maybe you can just give it to, you can send it to me and I can add it just in on below this podcast and people, are people, can they contact you if, if they've got any questions? Certainly. Certainly.
1: I'd love, I'd love to help if I can help add value uh, for others and help people, learn the mistakes and the hard lessons that I've had to learn so that they don't have to step on the same landmines that I've had to step on. <laughs> you know, that's that's value added. I'll certainly do that. I would love to have. So,
0: okay, so cool. Thank you. So I'll post Brad's uh, contact information um, in the description area of this podcast. So feel free to contact him at any time. And Brad, uh, thank you so much. It's really a privilege and a a pleasure to have you on. It was a a nice chat. I really appreciate it as always. And uh, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much for tuning into the Rise and Shine show today. Please hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends and family. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the next episode.